To the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Happy Tuesday before Christmas, I guess we can say here, or your your whatever winter holiday you're celebrating here. Festivus, for example. Oh, Festivus, two days. December 23rd. We're coming up on it. Prepare to have your uh, grievances aired. Feats of strength. Uh, I, I have no feats of strength to offer. Not not on this Festivus nor any other day of the year. I want to get that out of the way. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Jake. Um, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Let's not bury the lead here. You, uh, for anybody watching, can see that Dustin's not in his normal recording space because you are on vacation. Uh, That's right. And I'm living vicariously through you right now, Dustin. Where are you at? I am on the East Coast. I'm in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida right now. Uh, the wife has graciously allowed me to record the podcast uh, while we are on vacation here. Uh, so it is 7.30 Eastern time. I had to do the the math in my head for uh, when we're going to actually record. So this is a little bit later than what I'm used to, uh, even though my internal clock still says it's 6.30. Uh, but yeah, we, we I am live on location uh, uh, recording here. So yeah, it's, it's been great so far. What a pro. What a pro you are to go away to an entirely different for area. The, for our listeners. I'm here for the listeners. Slow clap for Dustin here. Listeners, you do it too. Do it along with me. Don't don't make me be the only one because uh, he deserves it. So I'm not, I'm not doing as well as you are, I don't think, because I am not on vacation in a sunny Cocoa Beach-esque landscape. Uh, but I'm doing good. Now, we are recording this while two... NFL games currently happen simultaneously on Mm -hmm. a Tuesday evening, which is fucking wild. So, you know, what the hell, Dustin? (laughs) What what is going on? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I'll be honest. I know it was a whole big hubbub on Twitter, of course. But, you know, the NFL said that they were not going to postpone games if if teams were having covid issues or outbreaks or however you want to uh, word it is that they would have to forfeit the games. And, and that was set out in July when the NFL came out for this, this season's guidance. And now all of a sudden, because we're close to the playoffs for the NFL. And of course there's lots of money involved for the NFL and the players. They said, no, no, we'll postpone the games. You can play on Tuesday now when there's nothing else going on TV and we still have, you know, all the all the watchers uh, are watching the game. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I wish the NFL would have just stuck to their guns and been like, well, sorry, can't help it. Your team isn't following protocols set forth by the league, and you have all these positive cases. They should have stuck to their guns and, and punished the teams, but obviously that's not a case. So how do you feel about it, Jake? Well, I think as a business decision and as a viewing experience – I think it's a win-win. Like, of course, they get more money. They get more eyes on the product here having two games on this Tuesday night. But for the players and the teams, it sucks. It's always not because there are teams playing right now who benefited from it 
and mm-hmm. who got hurt by it because this delay actually had more time for their players to get added onto the COVID list that were not previously on the COVID list and wouldn't have been if they played on Sunday. So they tried to make it, you know, fair and I think ended up just kind of shanking a different team in the process. Yeah, and not to mention that it's really going to screw over those teams that have to either play Saturday or Sunday. You know, I mean, it, it's it's short. It's it's essentially like the uh, like a shortened shortened week for them, and that's just not good for the players or player safety either, which their NFL seems to be so concerned about these days. So I don't know. It's it's, it's a weird double message that they're sending there. Imagine the NFL not being consistent with their messaging. That can't weird. happen. No, right. This is a no, first. Never do such a if thing. It is. Yeah, I, I don't believe that this has ever occurred before. Uh, it's not the only weird thing about this week, even. Just speaking personally from a bunch of my fantasy teams that were in the playoffs, some oh. of them not so lucky now because, you know, good players were terrible, terrible players were good, and it was the upside down this week in fantasy football. I mean, I, I don't under I don't understand what happened to all of the good players this week. I don't understand it either. And all I can say is if for some reason you were lucky enough to have your team on a bye for the playoffs this week, you fucking lucked out. Cause this week was just, like you said, it was totally the upside down. Just it, it was opposite week for NFL. You had players like Duke Johnson from five years ago, all of a sudden coming out and putting up big games. And then of course, Injuries hit again. Chris Godwin out for the year now with torn ACL. I mean, it's just, uh, just a shit show of a week. Not cool, man. Not cool. And it does feel a little bit like you got rewarded this week for having kind of a bad team if, if you won. But that's just how fantasy football works. So, like, anybody griping about it, I mean, myself included to a certain extent, it's like you just got to suck it up and deal with it because that's what fantasy football it can is. be. It's it is. Like it's- the charm of it in a way, uh, miserable as it may be at times. I think charm is not the word I would use, but <laughs> it is a good descriptor, I suppose. It's the evil of it then. How about that? It's yeah. the witchcraft of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but hopefully this next week gets better. Uh, as I said, we've got football on Saturday, which is great. We got football on Sunday, which is great. We got Monday, Thursday football. I mean, We've got all the days of football here over Christmas, so uh, what's there not to love? Hopefully all the games go off without a hitch, let's be honest here. Hopefully there's no more postponements or or forfeited games, God forbid, because of COVID. So let's cross our fingers. Yeah, I'm done with that. Can we just be over with that aspect of it? I am not done with the fantasy season, though, nor the football season, and I don't understand some folks who apparently are. It's been kind of a thing Mm -hmm. on Twitter lately, at least, where people are just like, I'm done. Like, folks are just straight up exhausted, and I understand it, but God damn it, we only get this, like, you know, 20 weeks out of the year. We got to relish, man. Yeah, we've only got, like, a seriously, like, a month left of football. If uh, maybe slightly more than that, but uh, yeah, we're, we're closing in on the end here very quickly until all of a sudden we're in the dead zone of, of no NFL news. We're going to be talking about rookies ad nauseum for two months until the draft. I mean, it's, it's, we're getting, we're getting to the dark period here. So yeah, let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah, we're going to have to spend like three months talking about, I don't know, fucking Keyshawn Vaughn again or something. You know, that's that's going to be a, a thing that happens. No, 
No, the thing that's going to happen is Le'Veon Bell coming through here in the fantasy playoffs. Breaking news, breaking-ish news. Uh, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Bucks, so now, you know, there's all that happening. Mm-hmm. The Killer Bees are back together. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell paired up. Both of them are going to be incredibly, well, I shouldn't say both definitively. Antonio Brown will be incredibly fantasy relevant. And absolutely. as you say, Bell absolutely could be, because why the he hell not? Be. That would be a thing. But I think Brown's going to be the more prominent play this week, especially with Godwin being out. Like he instantly jumps up at a minimum of flex play, minimum flex play this week. Yeah. Would you play Antonio Brown over somebody like, boy, let's say Brandon Ayuk? Yes. I say we saw what Brown did earlier this season. And yeah, he was kind of boomer bust and it kind of depended on which player was involved of that three-headed wide receiver monster there. But now with Godwin out, like, and we see Tom loves Antonio Brown for some reason. So I think, I mean, I think fire him up. I mean, he's, he's all systems go this week. And if you're lucky enough to hold on to him after being out for all these weeks and with the injury and everything, like you're going to be rewarded now here in the fantasy playoffs when it matters the most. I just, I just think he's going to, He's almost foolproof this week. I hate to say it. Well, he is a fool. So, well, well, we'll there is that. that. <laughs> but, there. Dustin, you're in an exotic, exotic, quote unquote, location, it, meaning different than Wisconsin. So, anything mm-hmm. is exotic compared to this place right now. But uh, have you been drinking throughout this entire day, slash, what are you drinking now? Well, yes, I have been drinking uh, throughout the day. A lot of uh, Florida localish beers, so that's been nice to experience some something new that I've never had. Uh, but right now, I am uh, drinking Boda Box Pinot Noir wine. Uh, as we move into the evening hours, get into the wine. So, uh, yes, that that's what I'm drinking this evening. What are you drinking, Jake? Well, not boxed wine. Nothing against boxed wine. You know, I'm just not a wine guy. Uh, I know. And Bodak Box is even a classier version of boxed wine. So really, can't can't yeah. blame you in any regard there. I'm not drinking wine, though. I am drinking beer. Uh, there's a place called Delta Brewing in Madison here, which we both love. The missus has started working for them. And part of the benefit is she gets to bring home some samples for me. So I am currently imbibing on their Goza, which Ooh, is kind of a sour, but not quite a sour it's great. No, that's a it's good really one. Good. I like their goza. I've had that before. That is delicious. Yeah. I I goza crazy for it. <laughs> Fuck me. I'm just going to take Jake off the stream there. I, I, if you're going to make bad, bad jokes like that, I'm going to remove you from the stream. Just, just. I don't blame you. I don't <laughs> moving blame forward, you. You're, you're warned now. <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate the stern but fair warning on that front. Uh. <laughs> Well, Dustin, I hope you have a little bit something besides just wine. And if not, that's okay. We can make do. You'll just have to take an extra big gulp. I'll say I'll make it up next week. How about that? Um, I am not prepared for this. I'll be honest. I didn't look at the show sheet. Jake, you set up everything for the show this week. So I'm going in completely blind. Um, The fact that I was able to get my microphone set up and everything here um, outside of my normal studio area was a feat in and of itself. So um so yeah i am unprepared to do my shot that i must take 
for the beer bet payout. Um, as a reminder for all the folks out there, we had Herbert versus Mahomes. I had Herbert. Jake had Mahomes. As you probably already guessed, I did not win this. Again, very close matchup again for two weeks in a row. So Mahomes ended up with 30.6 points as the QB2 on the week. And Herbert, a respectable 24.04 as the QB4. This is two weeks in a row now. We've had QBs that have finished very, very closely at the very top of the uh, the rankings for the week, or finishes, I should say, for the week. So um, I will pay this off next week and give you your, your credit on it. So let's just put a pin in this. Done. It, the, the shot will be coming next week. All right. Consider it, consider it pinned. And I just have to throw this in there once again, Dustin, because – our end of season or rest of season beer bet. I got to provide the people with an update. I'm sure they are just on pins and needles I'm over sure this Corbin Sutton bet, man. You know, where you said in weeks 13 through the end of the fantasy season uh, that he would score at least 11 points per game. Now we are at three weeks here and his average went up a little bit from last hey, week. It was at 2.7 per game. Now it is at a staunch 2.9 per game. So, still rough. Yeah. Now, Drew Locke could potentially start this week here for the Broncos. I haven't seen any updates on Teddy Bridgewater. I know there's an injury concern there. If Drew Locke starts, maybe you get a big game out of Sutton. Maybe. I would need like a 60-point game at this point, though, to get that average up to over 11. So, Cross my Anything fingers. can happen. There's two That's weeks right. left here. There's there's so much there space hope. in front of you. <laughs> there's hope. Very little, but there is hope. All right. Well, shall we take it into our fave segment? Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's comes in from Reddit user. Don't make me audit your ass. The format here, it's redraft, it's half PPR, it's one quarterback league. They say, I traded Javante Williams for Devonta Freeman. He's a Ravens fan here. At a Frank's, at a Friendsgiving meal, excuse me, a couple of glasses of wine deep. There you go. There's a fellow wine drinker for you, Dustin. My buddy and I were lamenting how nobody makes trades in our league. So we made that trade. I also ended up, here's a bonus trade, trading Melvin Gordon for Jalen Hurts that night as well. So I got rid of the Denver backfield due to mixing Cabernet, Merlot, turkey and stuffing. 10 out of 10 would do it again. First of all, how you feel about mixing Cab and Merlot, Dustin? You're the wine expert. That's fine. Whatever floats your boat when it comes to wine. Okay. Now, I would like to bundle this together to get your opening opinion here. So the entire backfield, which I understand to some extent, like I don't like rostering the 1A and 1B in a backfield like that. I'm not a huge fan of that ever. So I get the impulse. uh, But Williams Gordon for Devonta Freeman and Jalen Hurts, one quarterback league. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I like that he got rid of the backfield. Yeah, I don't don't like – drafting same players from the same backfield especially when it's that close of a split like we were kind of thinking it would be all season uh i would have kept one or the other because both are playing extremely well right now so at least for the rest of the season for redraft i would have only kept one or the other i probably wouldn't have traded both i don't 
like the Javante Williams for the Freeman trade. I just, I just don't like it. I would have kept Williams. Uh, I don't mind the actual Hurts for, for Melvin Gordon. I know it's a one QB league. I would assume that he didn't have a lot of depth uh, for his QB and needed to make the push here towards the end of the season. So I don't mind that at all. Even in a one QB league, uh, I think that's pretty good uh, value, uh, especially since Melvin Gordon isn't taking the entire backfield. Uh, it's very much a one A one B situation there. So, um, well, I like that he got out of the entire, you know, one of the pieces of the backfield. I wouldn't have necessarily traded both because they are totally both very fair. usable pieces. Yes. And I think will be rest of season. Uh, both mm-hmm. of them should, should still have tremendous value. Does it change your opinion at all to know that since week eight, Devonta Freeman, and that would be like a week before this, if we're talking Friendsgiving, right. my, my quick math, I think is about a week before this, but since then, he is the RB15 in half-point PPR, Devonta Freeman. No. <laughs> I feel like he's been buoyed by a couple of big weeks where it's, yeah. it has, he's been very touchdown-dependent, let's put it that way. And I know it's the Ravens' offense, and you know we like the running game there, but I just don't know that would necessarily continue. I mean, this last week we saw it didn't do much with the Packers playing them, um, just from us you know, personally watching the game. So I think he's very boom bust and very touchdown dependent. So that's why I don't like that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Now, pending the Tuesday night games, Devonta Freeman is still RB23 on the week. So it's not that he wasn't usable this week, uh, but part of this was also just because everybody was a little bad. (laughs) And so if you are less bad than by default, you're good. That's how that Law math checks out math (laughs) works. Uh, but I agree with you. Um, I would have, of course, liked to have the Javante Williams side in that, but but not, Mm -hmm. I don't think by as much as you. You know, I'm actually comfortable with Devonta Freeman rest of season. I don't think he's going to be a stud, a league winner. Javante Williams might be, but I think Devonta Freeman will be just fine. So I don't think this was awful. This wasn't a great, it's not awful, but it's just, I, yeah, like I said, I just, I'm not. I don't believe in Devonta Freeman. Let's put it that way. That's fair. Even rest hey. Freeman, I just don't believe it. He's like 29 years old on his third team after having basically a year off. So, mm-hmm. you know, I get I get the worry there. Um, all right. Now, Dust, Dustin, we buried the lead, I think, in this. And that's on me. See, what I wanted to do with this episode, now that we get into the meat of it, is I wanted to have mm-hmm. a listener mailbag. I thought that would be fun. You know, we spend all this time talking, and the only submissions we ever talk about are the drunk trades, which are wonderful, of course. It's like, you know what? Let's open it up to more. Right? Don't we want more of that? Don't we love our listeners so much that we want them to participate even more with us? And so I threw it on on Twitter that it was a mailbag episode. You know how many responses we got? We got zero responses. Come on, listeners, you can do better than that. So what I what I ended up doing instead was I said, I'm going to make a mailbag show. I'm going to force a mailbag show uh, by just combing through Twitter for anybody that asked an open question on Twitter about fantasy football or not fantasy football even. And we're going to answer those questions, whether they want us to or not, because you know what? It's our show and they can't stop us, Dustin. We can do That's it. right. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of these. So Dustin, my first question for you, 
It comes in from DolphinsFan954 on Twitter. RB1 for the rest of the year, Duke Johnson or Miles Gaskin? Now, they mean RB1 on the Dolphins team, I hope. But if you had to pick, you know, Miles Gaskin was kind of banged up coming in or maybe coming off COVID, something like that. I don't know. But Duke Johnson was better last week. Do you expect Duke Johnson to be better the rest of the season? Dustin is frozen in fear or sultry anticipation. I never know with that guy. All of his faces look the same. I think that Duke Johnson showed us who Duke Johnson is for the first five years of being in the NFL, which is he can have utility. He can be serviceable for fantasy purposes, but he's never going to be like a workhorse type of guy. I don't suspect. Can he catch a ball? You sure bet he can. And with Will Fuller being out for the rest of the season, pardon, with his broken fingy, which has lasted like 18 times longer than anybody else's broken fingy in the history of the NFL. Maybe he's forced to catch more passes, but Miles Gaskin isn't like a slouch in that respect either. I don't want either of these guys. I understand if you had to pick up Duke Johnson and now you feel real, real smart about it. I just, uh, eh, eh. my answer to this is, eh. Listeners, Dustin Dustin bailed. I think he's having an internet difficulty there. So we're not going to get his answer on this one just yet. Uh, but when he pops back in here very shortly, then we will we will follow up. In the meantime, I am going to talk about one other question that I'm getting it out of the way because we broke the news up top that Le'Veon Bell signed with the Bucks. So now the thought is, well, what do you do with those guys since Leonard Fournette is, is out. But this question comes from at jwall underscore ff says, is Ronald Jones the top waiver pickup or will Keyshawn Vaughn lower his upside? Well, Keyshawn Vaughn ain't doing shit. But Le'Veon Bell, Bell, as we talked about, does limit his upside. There's a very real chance because it's the Bucks and they're obsessed with old people. Dustin's back in. Yay, Dustin. Uh, he's switched. Listeners, he switched from the desktop version of Dustin to the cell phone version of Dustin. Got to keep the show going. This fucking guy is unstoppable. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, Dustin, I was rambling about a couple of things, but I'm going to throw it back to you. For Duke Johnson or Miles Gaskin for Miami, if you had to pick one, who would it be rest of the season? Uh, as much as I hate to say it, probably Duke Johnson, just because... They haven't seemed to trust Miles Gaskin all season long. So I don't know that why we should start to trust him now. So the other one I was just recapping really briefly, but is Ronald Jones the top waiver pickup this week? Or will Keyshawn Vaughn slash Le'Veon Bell now lower his upside? God, I would probably say Keyshawn Vaughn. I hate to say it. I just, I know I don't like it either. Okay. Florida Dustin. This one, this was posted from the Dynasty Nerds Twitter account. But true or false, Elijah Mitchell, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, is a top 20 dynasty running back. Ooh. Oof. Right? I want to say true. I think it'll be close. I mean, when he's been healthy this year, the Niners have run him and used him as the bell cow running back. 
I know all the other running backs have been injured on their team with Joe Hasty and Trey Sermon and um, Jeff Wilson, like the whole gamut of them all been injured, of course, because that's all San Francisco running backs do. Kyle Shanahan's kind of coach, kind of like Pete Carroll, where it's draft capital be damned. I'm going to put the best player out on the team that helps us. And right now that's Elijah Mitchell. And I don't see that changing, you know, at least for this next season. That's interesting because, you know, I'm of the mindset, like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me eight times in a row. Shame on me. So I will not be fooled by the San Francisco backfield anymore. It's like a whole Raheem Mostert thing. It's just like every year, and a lot of it is due to injuries, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But every year prior, it was Jeff Wilson was like the hot commodity. And then it was Raheem Mostert. And now it's Elijah Mitchell. And I know Trey Sermon isn't anybody's like cup of tea right now. But there's always a chance that like, wow, he impressed a whole lot in the offseason. So now Trey Sermon's the guy. And it makes it hard. It's hard. It does. But as it stands right now, today, I'm going to say yes. All right. All right. Would you inch him into your top 15? Uh, No, I couldn't go that far. I mean, there's too many good running backs in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even thinking of the guys that are injured, like Dobbins and Akers. I mean, there's just too many good running backs to put him in the top 15. Um, top 20 might even be pushing it, but I could see him being right about that, that level. That's fair. And one thing to consider with dynasty running backs is like, what's the shelf life anyways, even for the really top guys, you know, you get maybe five years out of them at their sort of peak value. And here's a fun one, Justin fellow Packer fan comes from at Gab Gowdy on Twitter. What are your expectations for this Browns Packers Christmas game? A nice open-ended question. Packer smash. Ooh. Ooh. In, 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 in what way? Like what, if you had to predict a score, assuming Breaker Mayfield is back and playing and everybody else. It'll probably, it'll probably be like 28 to 17. Hmm. I think they win pretty handedly. Uh, just, I mean, the Packers are on a roll right now. Browns are coming off all the COVID um outs for their team it's just a recipe it's a short week for the browns as well playing uh last night on monday night turning around play on a saturday uh it's just it's just a recipe for disaster for the browns and it's really nothing against the browns in particular it's just a lot of unfortunate events for them and they're running into a buzzsaw of the packers right now that are vying for that number one seed in the in the first round buy in the playoffs yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to chortle about this because there's any given Sunday, Saturday, That's right. whatever, all that, uh, you know. But gross. <laughs> I would like a two touchdown victory here. One thing to note about that: MVS uh, is on the COVID list as of right now. Not sure if he will be back in time for Saturday, so that's something to monitor. And not mm-hmm. great, not ideal. But I think even without him, without MVS, would your score stay the same? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you don't really like MBS. That's what I'm hearing. No, I like MBS. I just don't think he makes – he's not a make-or-break player for our team. He doesn't make the world turn for you. That's right. This one comes from Chase Vernon, a friend of the show, has been on the podcast, at FF underscore intervention. Who is making the playoffs 
Let's start with the NFC. Who's making the playoffs for the NFC? You don't have to throw out the entire bracket here, but let's disregard the Packers for ourselves because we know they have locked up a spot. So even if we weren't homers, you can't say that they won't get into the playoffs. You're not allowed because math says that they're in, goddammit. But outside of them, uh, there's, of course, the top two right after them. Well, top three, I guess. So mm-hmm. there's the Cowboys, there's the Bucks, and then there's the Cardinals. Are all yeah. three of those shoe-ins, in your opinion? They should make it, yes. They should. Although the Cardinals, I mean, the Rams are right on their heels. So, I mean, th- that could be something that gets decided here these last couple weeks of the season. Um, but I'm assuming the Cardinals will make it. I, I, they're, they've been playing well all season. Um, they've just had a couple hiccups here. But, yeah, so we got those four teams for sure. And then if we're looking next up here, we've, of course, got the Rams who are playing currently against the the Seahawks. So we don't know the result of that game, but they're sitting at nine and four right now. As I would think the Rams should Rams will probably make it. Okay, so now this is where it gets interesting. So let's just have you throw out one more team here because we've got the 49ers sitting at eight and six, also in the NFC West. So hypothetically, three teams could sneak in from there. Mm-hmm. Also got the Vikings at seven seven now because they did unfortunately beat the Bears on Monday Night Football, uh, so we didn't get the spoiler from them. Or there's also the Saints at seven seven. So those three teams: Niners, Vikings, Saints. If you had to pick one, Niners. Mm-hmm. Is this because of your love affair with Debo Samuel? No, I just oh. think. If, if my memory serves me correct, the Niners, not the Niners, the Saints have a couple tough weeks to end the, the season here. Um, and I just don't trust the Vikings to pull off a handful of victories to get in. I'll just be honest. So by default, it's just the Niners. I actually am a little bit nervous for the Vikings because I think, you know, obviously they've been playing without Adam Thielen uh, the last couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like, they're they've always lost by like a score so it feels like they should even be a little bit better than seven and seven right now so i i would throw my hat towards the vikings i don't want it uh because i i would hate you know to see a division rival prosper in any way but it could happen let's let's talk afc real quick here so let's say again now the afc is actually less obvious up at the top it's a little bit murkier because we've really only got one double-digit win team on here, which is the Chiefs. And I think we can both agree, yes, Chiefs will get in. They should. Uh, but aside from that, it's pretty it's pretty goddamn open. So let me list the nine and five teams. We've got the Patriots at the top of their division, and then we've got the Titans at the top of theirs. So both of those shoe wins? Uh, the Patriots, yes. The Titans... They should make it, but Indianapolis is right on their, their heels, and India's playing good ball where the Titans are kind of struggling right now. So that one's not quite so so definite for me. Yeah, and, you know, it's been a downhill slide. for Because we, when your team loses fucking Derrick Henry, that'll happen mm-hmm. to you. Like, you've and lost AJ your... Brown. And, and AJ Brown Julio Jones. I mean... They, they've been decimated by injuries. 
So the argument could be, well, if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones actually come back and perform, then they could look a lot better than what we've seen. And they've kind of been, you know, clinging on for Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I would actually think the Colts have a better shot of making the playoffs than they do. But then, so Bengals and Ravens are tied in the North, in the AFC North. Both have eight and six records. If you had to pick one of them to make it through, or you could say both. Do you think one, both? Make it through. I mean, one has to, but one has to. Um, I want to say the Bengals just because I don't know. I just want to root for the Bengals. They've been bad you for so what? long. They, I do. They, they've been bad for so long. It's I want to see them have a good season. You want to root for Joe Mixon? Is that what I'm hearing? That's the only no, thing I heard. No, of. no, no. I did not say that. Joe Burrow, sure. All right. Chase Higgins, Boyd. Higgins, Uzama. a lot of a lot of players we can root for other than mixing on that team. Potential Super Bowl MVP CJ Uzama, you are first for me. Uh, yeah, I I I want Lamar to get a deep run in the playoffs. I just feel like people have talked so much shit about him and like not being able to live up to being in a true franchise, you know, quarterback and all that shit. To their credit, I guess, with that argument, he hasn't really sustained any playoff longevity. So, no, but I, I think he definitely can. So, I would like to see that happen. I actually think both could do it for sure. Same with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Chargers are just under the Chiefs in that division. I think the Chargers have a good shot of, as anybody, of actually making it to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Yeah, very true. Getting hot at the right time. All right. That's enough of that. This one comes from Scott Fish, the lovely Scott Fish, who uh, is just, he's he's a dreamboat. Let's be honest. Uh, Also the nicest guy on Twitter in the industry. He asked, which seven and seven or worse NFL team do you think can make a run and win the Super Bowl? So let me list off the seven and seven teams. If you want to go less than that, you can. But I think this is probably my threshold. We've got Dolphins, Browns, Washington, Eagles, Vikings, we mentioned, Raiders, Broncos, Saints, we mentioned. Any team out there, because you weren't a fan of the Saints and the Vikings, but anybody in this realm that you think can do it? No. No, not even a chance. I don't think so. I mean, I was going to say Philly, but I don't see that. Uh, you don't, I you don't, don't think I they don't, have the eye of the tiger? No. No. Rocky reference, by the way. Philly listeners should appreciate that. Yeah, I don't see any of those teams being able to – every, every one of them has um, a major hole, and I don't know that yeah. the other uh, part of their team could make up for it. Yeah. Like the Dolphins is the first one that I really wanted to make a case for. Because I, li- I like Tua a lot. I like Tua Tagovailoa, and he kind of deserves to eke his way into the playoffs, which I think they could do. But well, an if, if there was, run. if I if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one team, it might be them, just because their defense is solid. Uh, even though they haven't played quite as good as last year, but their defense is solid, and their offense is starting to come around here. So it's like, yeah, they could. All the, all the pieces fall the right way, but do I see it? No. I'd like the idea here, Scott. I very much like the idea. 
I don't know that I could fully get on board with any, but I do think potentially if they replace Boiler, the Vikings could get into the playoffs and wreak a little bit of havoc. So I guess I will keep them in there with the Dolphins, but I I I can't imagine any of these teams in the Super Bowl right now. So right. I'm I'm gonna cut it shy there. I think. Uh, let's let's shift away from all that officially now. Oh, this comes from the FF Sandman on Twitter. Are there any rational arguments, Dustin, for why Justin Jefferson should not be the dynasty wide receiver one? Is there anybody no. out there? No, you you can't imagine anybody else taking that right. No, you said, is there a rational argument <laughs> of why he shouldn't be? I mean, there, there there's any no, there's probably half a dozen guys that could be considered as the dynasty wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no good reason why I can't say he shouldn't be. I mean, you've got CD, you've got Chase, you've got Jefferson, you've got AJ Brown. I mean, there's, I'm sure I'm missing a couple of guys. I mean, right. if you wanted to put, I don't know if you could put Waddle quite up there. Um, you still have Tyree kill who's doing Tyree kill things, even though he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's any number of guys, but there's no reason why you can't say he shouldn't be or in the conversation at least. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody with a straight face could say he's not in the conversation. Like, I can't imagine a person ranking him outside of their top five receivers and being earnest about that. Mm -hmm. That would just be insane to me. Now, I I took a peek at the comments on this particular tweet, by the way, to see what other folks had answered. And there were some pretty, uh, let's say, interesting ones to be nice about it. Like folks were saying Devontae Adams. It's like, I, I get, I get Devontae Adams is amazing and he's great. And he's Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. Devontae, I love you, but he's also older by 28. Yeah. So like five years, he's got four or five years on Justin Jefferson in dynasty. That's huge for wide receivers. You know, we and talk we about, don't know who he's, his quarterback is going to be next year either. To be fair, we don't know that about Justin Jefferson either. Or I have reason to believe that they could move on True. from Kirk Cousins. They, they maybe. could. They could. But I also try not to fixate too much on the quarterback situation for wide receivers for a dynasty just because it can become a headache. Yep. And going down that road is madness mm-hmm. sometimes. But hypothetically, hypothetically, hear me out. Is there any way you can get Jamar Chase to be that number one guy? I know he came on super strong to start this year. He's really fizzled lately, but like that start, I don't think was a fluke. Mm-hmm. So if there's a case for a guy to be above him, I think Jamar Chase still might have it. He could be. I mean, it's it's splitting hairs. It really has. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, CD Lamb, it's – these guys are all super fucking talented. So like just bunch of, this is why the tiers thing instead of the mm-hmm. outright rankings thing is so much better. Yeah. Not even just for draft day. Like dynasty is great. Yeah. Just put them all fucking together and then try and trade for as many of them as possible. Exactly. In your team. Uh, which by the way, AJ Brown, great trade target now. Cause you threw his name out there and he's been out of sight, out of mind. Which I um, did just acquire him. So that's great. In that trade that uh, 
I still, I don't love. Do you want to recap that trade? Sure. So I made a trade with uh, Tyler Gunthener of the Dynasty Happy Hour. Um, so in their listener league, it's a 14-team Superflex uh, tight end premium league. So we made a big boy trade this weekend. So I acquired from him A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and T.J. Hawkinson. I gave up Saquon Barkley, Saquon. Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and Kyle Pitts. Context is... He has the second best record in the league. He's going for the championship. My team is out of the playoffs mm-hmm. with at least a half a dozen guys on IR. So, I mean, I, my team was just decimated by injuries this year. Saquon was hurt for a good chunk of the season. So, yeah, so my team was out of it. It was a trade to help him for this year, trade to help my team moving forward. I got a little bit younger uh, in most of the positions, and I thought it was a fairly even trade overall. I agree that it was an even trade overall with all of the pieces except for tight end. That's where I, I got lost in it because I like Kyle Pitts a lot more than I like TJ Hawkinson. And this is tight end premium, so it accounts for more. That gap widens for me a little bit. I think everything else was equal except for those two guys. It does, but as this, as the person that's had Kyle Pitts on a, on a couple of teams this year, one in redraft, one in you know dynasty, which I just traded him away. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with that team in Atlanta. It's it's just been a shit show this entire season. We don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Well, yes, Kyle Pitts is an amazing specimen of a human being and has all the talent in the world. How many times have we seen that? And we've been waiting for the next Travis Kelsey to come along to be this next great tight end. And it just hasn't happened. And I'm not saying he can't be, and I'm not saying he won't be, and he's having a very good rookie season, not to discount anything he's been doing. I just not don't. He is on pace to have the greatest rookie season of a tight end of all time. I think personally, and this is why we have such a divide, but this is also why trades like this are great to happen. Because obviously both of you guys were very happy with the trade. Mm-hmm. I, I presume Tyler is. Oh, yeah. Right. Because uh, I know Pitts was his guy too, and he's been trying to get him off you for quite all some time season. there. So yeah, all he was excited long. about that, I'm sure. But it is a situation where I feel like he almost had worst case scenario because, like Matt Ryan was not throwing to him in the red zone. It's I don't know what the deal with Matt Ryan was there, but he's not going to be there forever. In fact, I know his contract's really weird for next year, so he's probably stuck there next year. But after that, I imagine things really open up for him. That'll be but his third it, year. Is it going to get better, though? I think so. Even if it's a bad quarterback, bad quarterbacks can hyper-target their tight ends. They but can. Matt Ryan, for whatever no reason, has the diversity. No, no, there's not a guarantee. But if if there's any semblance of smarts there, I would imagine he remains one of their top players on mm-hmm. Atlanta overall. And you have to hyper-target your, your best players. At least I would think. As Mm -hmm. all of my experience as an NFL quarterback teaches me, (laughs) is you always throw to your best players. Um, No, but I I like that uh, you're shaking shit up for sure. And that's why I say, you know, the A.J. Brown thing, I think that is a great guy to trade for. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you got A.J. Brown for sure. And I do like John Yeah, and you know what? Uh, uh, This was actually a counter offer by me. Uh, The original offer had Calvin Ridley in there instead of AJ Brown. 
And as much as I love Calvin Ridley, and if Calvin Ridley was healthy and playing this year, I would have accepted that without a counteroffer because uh, the counteroffer did not have Brandon Cooks in it either. Uh, so it was just a three for three trade. But with the unknown with Calvin Ridley, I just wasn't comfortable with that. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So um, I countered with AJ Brown and I just had to, you know, give a little extra to get that done. So, um, which fair. I'm excited to have AJ Brown on my team. I have not any shares of him. So that makes me happy to have him as well. And that's what matters in the long run. Hey, let's talk about another injured wide receiver real quick. Uh, one more from Chase here it says, if you got offered a 2022 second, or excuse me, 2022 first for Chris Godwin, who, as you just mentioned, is going to be out for the rest of the season here. You moving him for that? It's really team dependent. Mm-hmm. My my initial thought was, no, I'm not going to do that because he's worth more than for, than a, a single first. Mm-hmm. But he's probably going to be leaving the Bucks after this season. We probably won't see him until the playoffs next year, until after the fantasy season, just with how the ACL injury occurred so late in this season. So, I mean, we're basically going to go an entire another fantasy season without seeing him. So initially I was like, no, that's, that's not enough. But at this point, it's like, he's going to be two years older, probably on a different team. We don't know if it's going to be a better situation or not at this point. So it's like, depending on what your team is and what your needs are, it's, I mean, it's not outrageous. I would probably try to get like a second thrown on Mm. at a minimum, but yeah, it's totally team dependent. I could see getting rid of him for just a single first if I had to. I mean, yes, if I, if I was trying to get this done, I would actually ask them to throw in like a Michael Gallup-esque player into this mix because I I like the uncertainty of Michael Gallup actually with him probably not being with the Cowboys and maybe being atop of a, a depth chart somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's someplace like Detroit, I'm fine with that. Um, but I think I would actually do it for a first. Here's my rationale. You tell me if you believe or, or agree with this, I guess. But like, you know, you said it could be a year before we see Godwin again. In the meantime, mm-hmm. you'll get a first round draft pick for this upcoming draft. My thought is I'll take that pick now. And maybe on draft day, I go ahead and try and move that pick. And I could probably get something at least equal to Chris Godwin on that mm-hmm. day, I think. Uh, or you can wait a little bit longer, or you can do both, and you can wait until it's closer to Chris Godwin's return and then float out another trade. And maybe you can get him back cheaper. I like to play those games, but that it can also be a dangerous thing. Let's let's uh, end it with, end with a couple here. Biggest takeaway from this week of fantasy football with how goddamn weird and wild it's been. Any Any key takeaways spring to mind? Pray pray for health. Just pray for mm-hmm. health. That's the biggest thing. And the fact that you just have to embrace the variance of, of, of fantasy football. You know, you had lineups that five years ago would have been fantasy lineups that were producing for you that shouldn't have been producing this week. Um, so yeah, it's just embrace the variance, enjoy the wild ride. Cause that's about all you can do at this point. Uh, if you're in the playoffs, just hope for the best. If you're out of the playoffs again, just enjoy this wild ride that we're having and seeing everybody else tilt over their fantasy teams. <laughs> I agree. 
You know what I want to do real quick is give ourselves a pat on the back. Because uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw this question was remember a couple of weeks ago on this very podcast, we talked about how folks were actively maybe trying to tank to get mm-hmm. like a, a better draft pick, even though they were on the cusp of getting into the playoffs. They're like, you know, my team's not great enough to win the fantasy playoffs, so I'm just going to tank and hope for a better draft pick. This is why when you have the chance to get into the playoffs, you do what you can to get into the playoffs. That's right. Stuff like this can happen, and it happens all the time, and all you have to do is get in and then have some weird shit like this fall your way, and you could be looking at a a championship. So That's right. um, let Let that lesson sink in, folks. Last question here, non-fantasy related. What's your favorite Will Smith movie, Dustin? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm There's probably a lot of good gonna, ones out there. I'm probably going to say Independence Day. Ah, uh, that's exactly what came to mind. I saw this question and I thought, "Welcome to Earth," right yeah. in my head as I read it out loud. It's like I don't think either that, that or a- Ben in Black. The first one is a very close second for me. I do enjoy that movie a lot as well. Enemy of the State is a guilty pleasure for me. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a great movie. Oh. One, it has um, uh, not Dennis Hopper. Is it Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman. There you go. Yeah, it has Gene Hackman in it. It also has like every semi-famous like comedic actor from the era making an appearance in there. Like Seth Green is in there. Jack Black is in there uh jamie kennedy like all these it's just it's it's a delightful Mm -hmm. semi-serious romp thriller i don't know whatever the hell you call it all right dustin let's get this wrapped up and get you out of here uh start of the week you want to recap last week yeah so last week you had jimmy g versus atlanta uh finished as qb 10 with 13.8 points so uh qb1 so nice call there and Mine, unfortunately, uh, was Devonta Freeman versus Washington, which that game was delayed. They are currently playing right now. Had a chance to pull up the stats to see where he's at right now. So, Jake, maybe you're doing that as we speak. I did. uh, Devonta Smith, not Devonta Freeman, but he's playing Washington. Two receptions for 33 yards. Uh, We're only like a quarter and a half in, I believe. So still Mm -hmm. plenty of of opportunity there. Yep. Yep. So... TBD, we can recap this next week. We'll just put a pin in that again with um, the beer bet from this week as well. Who's your start of the week for this next week? This week, I'm going back to the well that I started on last week before I had to pivot at the last second because there was that Miles Gaskin thing, and that's who I had listed initially. And then you brought up kindly that we didn't actually know if he was going to play. Yeah. He did end up playing, but it was the Duke Johnson show. But I am going back to the running back who's going to play against the Jets this week. It's James Robinson. So one, the specter of Urban Meyer is gone. Everybody on that team gets to breathe a little more freely. You know, they get to uh, actually try and win a game. So I'm excited for that. And the Jets are the absolute bottom of the barrel against running backs for fantasy. So it's a match made in heaven. How about you? Yeah, I'm going back to a player I've had before as my start of the week. Uh, and that's Darnell Mooney. Um, he showed up again last night, had a good week. Uh, basically, with the exception of the week, I called out for him to be my start of the week. He's been playing very well. Uh, I'm going to go back. He's got a really good matchup this week. 
uh, going against the Seahawks. So fire it up. Are you concerned that you just jinxed him again by nope. listing him as your start of the week? <sighs> Not even a little. Okay, good. Uh, glad to hear that confidence. All right. Do we, do you happen to have a beer bet that you would like to make this week? And if not, that's okay. I've, I've, I've got a, an option. Ooh, I've got one. Okay. Uh, I, this, this is kind of gross. Now we're, we're going to go Patriots backfield versus Bill's backfield. So as a collective, as a collective backfield PPR points. Wow. Oh, Okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. Have we ever done an entire position group against each other before? I don't, I don't think, think so. Okay, I like it. I like it from that perspective. And I like that I don't have to try and pick one of these insufferable fools out uh, to highlight. Like, know, we get them you never know who's going to pop off or which, whichever team. So uh, it's, it's awful. Also, love the use of pop off, bro. That is <laughs> the best. I was just looking up the points allowed to the running back position for each teams, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you intended to do, to do this. Just pretend you did because it's a great stat. Uh, the Patriots and the Bills are back-to-back in terms of fantasy points allowed. It's literally 17.6 versus 17.4 fantasy points allowed. Oh, nice. They're both right in the middle of the list, so uh, you don't even get an edge on that. Wine Dustin is awesome. <laughs> Wine Dustin <laughs> fucking knows. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Sadly, because I'm assuming you're not including the quarterbacks in this. No, yes. no, no, no. It's yeah. just the running backs. Then, in that case, I will take the Patriots backfield. Okay. I feel good about it. Well, I'm glad you feel good about it because it's just gross either way you try to look at it. <laughs> oh, it's not ideal. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish you had sexier names out there, but this is interesting and it's different than we've ever done before. So I, appreciate yeah, it. that's right. Um, but yeah, folks, thanks for joining us. Um, you can find Jake at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can find our podcast at drinking fantasy. You can find me at FF dusty dog. If you still choose to follow me, uh, but follow our podcast and follow Jake. Cause he's amazing. Enjoy the fantasy playoffs. If you're in it, embrace the chaos that is happening Uh, We've only got a few weeks left of this, so enjoy it while you can. Uh, Until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.